Mono, what's up with that, bro? It's the podcast where we are watching the TV show Lost uh, backwards, and we're in the reverse order from the last episode to the first episode, or as we like to say here, we have to go backwards with one of our hosts, Chad Wago, who's never seen Lost before. Thank you, David K. Jones. I have, in fact, never watched Lost until we started recording this podcast, but now I'm starting to watch it only when we're recording this podcast, <laughs> but when I do, I like to do it with our other co-host, AJ Nieves. Yo, welcome everybody to the show. Um, tonight we are joined by a special guest, returning guest, returning champion. I'd say champion of guests. Let's just go with that. We have Wailika Nieves back in the building. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Thank welcome you back. for having me. Fanfare. <laughs> nice. Welcome. <laughs> this week we're considering Loss, Season 2, Episode 21, Question Mark. Our general synopsis that leads us into the show is Mr. Echo enlists Locke to help find a secret location he believes houses uh, answers to the island's mysteries. Meanwhile, Jack, Sawyer, and Kate struggle to cope with the horrific situation in the hatch following the escape of other Henry Gale and of the shooting deaths of Anna Lucia and Libby, unaware that it was Michael who was responsible. So that's a general synopsis of the episode. It just gets us right in there. Um, we're... Heading towards the end of the season, and uh, we got a bunch of death in our previous episode, which is still carrying on in this episode. How you guys feeling about this one? This is a good fucking episode. Yeah, I, I was fighting back tears, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it was great. Like on a level, not just like plot-wise. I thought uh, uh, the camera work, like uh, mm. the cinematography of this episode, was also really excellent. There was a couple of techniques that I don't recall ever seeing used in the show uh, prior to this. So it makes me wonder how often it was used before that. Because we got a time-lapse photo to show night passing. Uh, there was oh, yeah. another one where uh, they attached the camera to the plane as they were, and as uh, Locke and Echo were moving the plane mm. to give that uh, real point of view of how they were struggling to do that. There was also like several like really just... like shots of just people uh being framed by stuff or in empty mm. rooms where it was just like it, it, it was a good looking episode right. it was a well-written and well-acted episode yeah. yeah i agree um it was a lot of fun to watch this one this week's director uh came from darren seraphian uh, which was i don't know if he's a known director but uh some of his credits as director is death warrant gunman i'm not familiar with and then terminal velocity um, I think that was like something from maybe the 1990s. But... Yeah, Terminal Velocity. Yeah. I think that's the one where Wesley Snipes goes skydiving. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, I think I remember this. I don't know if it was like a skydiving thing where it's like the movie was about skydiving, but I vaguely remember Wesley Snipes falling out of a plane. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember this. Yeah. Um... Maybe they were trying to remake uh, that one part of Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a lot of credit probably gets thrown on the director for that to set up whatever shots. Yeah. And, you know, probably working along with the cast, but yeah, it's yeah, it was a it was a it was a really nice episode. I mean, we've already been talking about this. This is season two of Lost. This is them hitting their stride, I guess. After the first season, now they're just kind of settling in with their characters and all the island mysteries. And the Hatch was a big thing from season one, and they just did more of it in this season. So um, that was that was kind of fun to see. But overall, good episode. I always like it when they go a little weird. Um, this show is a mystery box in itself, and it's and it's weird in general. But um, I don't feel like we've got a lot of dream play in some of the current episodes. Dream play, my favorite thing. 
But yeah, it seems like there's a lot of dreams in this episode, uh, which which helps tell their story. It's yeah, kind of fun to see. The episode it opens with a dream, where it's Echo. He's he's chopping up wood to make his church, and he sees Anna Lucia. And I was like, that's a, that's a good way to open an episode is with seeing how hunky Echo is. Yeah, <laughs> working, working swinging hard. that axe. Yeah, shirtless and glistening. Yeah, yeah he, he didn't look like a priest to me. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he should have been like Mr. July in a priest calendar. Right. <laughs> he didn't look like you You want to call him father. You want to call him daddy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it was... Um, the the dream sequence was, was great because um, they have that... That initial dialogue that he has with Anna Lucia on the beach, and then we get a a smash cut to her with the gunshot wound in her chest, which I thought was effective, and yeah. um, it was it was good because the, the show does horror. Uh, it doesn't service horror a lot, but like um, there is like a dread to it, and you know, like to some of these scenes that we see that we've seen over the years, and like this, this this does seem kind of. It's it's a little creepy because like she's she's a dead woman talking to him and then this is not her only dream inference that we get, um, which kind of opens the show up to some questions. We'll we'll get into it as the episode progress. But yeah, it was uh yeah it was it was I'm all I'm all in for this episode. Yeah, and it, like going back to how the episode was shot, it's hard to make a have a creepy scene like in broad daylight on a beautiful Hawaiian beach. Holy shit! Yeah, but, yeah. They but they it did off. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's effective. Um, yeah, we have Anna Lucia piping out the words that she needs Echo to help John. And um, then Echo gets another dream where it's his brother asking yeah, him to help Yeah, it's a double John. dream. Yeah, yeah, it was a dream within a dream, right? <laughs> yeah. Inception. And then ready to go. Yeah, this is a sound effects episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like this one was, was, was crafted well, uh, but... Uh, yeah, Echo is told to go and find John, and Yemi also tells him to to bring his axe. Um, it's funny because if we try to retrofit what we already know about the show, uh, we could kind of just assume that this plays nicely into the whole man in black thing, right? But the only thing I didn't get was the manifestation through dreams. Like, I didn't know that was an ability of the smoke monster, and something else that's a little off. I don't know if it's the smoke monster or if it's Jacob. Huh. Yeah, because. Uh... The smoke monster, like, so far as we've seen, doesn't do the dream thing. So maybe the smoke monster appears as dead people uh, when you're awake, when you're alive, or not al- alive, when you're sleeping, then Jacob can appear as dead people. Huh. I wonder. I mean, yeah, I could see that. I could see that being a possibility, too. Or it could just be that they haven't figured out the rules yet. Yeah. No. I don't know. Essentially, we know that we're watching some weird chess game play out between these two uh, brothers on the island. Uh, well, we don't know that yet, um, but it feels like this episode is nice to slot into that that narrative because they they kind of were telling that story in the final season, and then um, I don't think they're laying track for it, but I think they're really good about um, being aware of maybe something like they had an idea for something so they they kind of kept it open but i feel like it slots in nicely with what we see that happens after this in terms of jacob and the man in black aka the smoke monster all this stuff well one of the things that uh, Locke brings up he, he mumbles under his breath in one scene uh it was a sacrifice that the island needed yeah or demanded or the island demanded so uh already in the show 
Well, because it sounded like he was quoting something that had been said previously because he, he was talking about Boone's death. Uh, so already in the show, they've already established that there is uh, things that the island needs or wants. Uh, so you know that there is like some some level of manipulation going on. They may not have already thought of the man in black and Jacob, but they do know that, that there's in outside forces trying to get uh, all the Losties and the others to do things. Yeah, definitely. We also get a flashback off-island story in Echo where he is uh, a priest. Here's the thing um, I was a little confused on. I thought he was a priest in London. It seems like the people that he was serving were in Australia and he catches a plane from Australia to right. the United States and that's mm -hmm. where it yeah. comes out. I think when he first leaves Africa, he goes to London and then from there he gets goes to Australia at some point. I see. Probably after he murders some guys and that we'll see in another episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably catch up more on that. Um, yeah, because we are late in season two and um, the actor, I think he probably came aboard maybe at the beginning of the season so there's probably some other stuff that we get a chance to see with Echo but Echo was one of my favorites on the show and I'm so happy that we get a chance to, to, to watch him now because he's a character like the others who have a disturbed past but his is one where it's it's almost like night and day because he kind of you know was carrying on this this uh uh I don't know what it is, a thug slash priest type of dynamic that they had set up for him. I thought that was a lot of fun because we get a chance to see this guy do a lot. We get a chance to see him do a lot in both realms. And I always find that fun when there's this weird split in like uh, in, in our characters, you know, or they're not just they're not all just one thing. Nobody is. But the show does it really well with, with Echo, I think. Yeah, because like we see Echo's past in Africa where he was chopping people's heads off with machetes and things and then we see him as a priest later on and it's not like he's like a thug pretending to be a priest just to, like get out of doing stuff like he's trying when he's he's a priest he's trying to take confession and... he's trying to uphold his brother's legacy yeah, yeah most definitely because uh wasn't he like uh, posing as the brother yeah when he left when he left africa yeah he like yeah, and then and then um, and then his actual brother shows up, right? If am I remembering the episode right? And that brother gets taken on the plane because the brother tries to stop him from getting on the plane. I think I could be remembering that wrong. Yeah, I think he was going to take his brother's identity to smuggle out drugs, and his brother came to stop him and died. Yeah, mm, I see. What do you guys make of this flashback story? The the drowned girl. Well, the idea behind the flashback, I think, is uh, they're showing. Uh, the, the whole idea is this drowned girl came back to life and it's supposed to be a miracle but they show that Echo has doubts about uh, the legitimacy of this miracle and uh, you know his his, uh, his boss I guess mm. uh, the Monsignor uh, says that that's why he wants Echo to investigate it because Echo has doubts about uh, what's going on and they give a very good reason why it's just like oh yeah no of course this is totally made up like her father's a charlatan so uh this is totally just a hoax right but uh later they have uh, the drowned girl giving echo a message from his dead brother which she saw uh you know after she drowned so uh what it is is i think that because the the main story i think is echo and Locke. 
uh, you know, their face and what how they're going to go about uh, losing it, reinforcing it. The flashback is doing that with Echo before he gets to the island where he's been posing as a priest and he's been trying to live as uh, his brother would. But did he really believe until that moment? Yeah. Like you, you could say that he was just pretending and then after that, all of a sudden he was just like, oh, this shit's real. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it incenses him. Like he's, he actually becomes disturbed by it when he runs into this girl and she says, yeah, you know, I got a message that you're, what was the line? She said like your brother, you know, said that you're, you're still a good person and that he's going to be seeing you soon. Is that what she mentioned to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also that he's proud of him. I see. Yeah, uh, to which it, it, it incenses Echo because he, she, he immediately asked, did your father put you up to this? Because he already has, you know, in mind that this is this is probably just a family practice of, of uh, fucking with people. Yeah. Or what he hears so far from the father. Right. And even in that scene, it doesn't feel like he comes around to believing her at all. I don't think it happens until he gets to the island and starts seeing Yemi's ghost. And also all of the weird connections. Yeah. Because uh, later in the episode, he lays out to John, uh, when John is having his crisis of faith, how he sees everything as being connected. That, uh, you know, his brother uh, died on this plane that was leaving Africa. And somehow when Echo was leaving Australia, he ends up in the exact same place that his brother's plane was. And the thing that uh, he needed to find was right at the place where that plane is and all of these connections where he's seeing them where like he's seeing his destiny he's seeing his fate he's seeing a purpose that he's meant to do and uh i think it's really well contrasted with Locke, who's having a crisis of faith where when they go into uh the pearl and then Locke sees the training video where they say oh uh you know, those other guys in the hatch, we're doing an experiment on them by having them do this repetitive task and making them think it's important. And Locke's just super upset because he thought that he was finally doing something important. And now he finds out that it doesn't mean anything or that's his interpretation right. of what happened. Yeah. Because uh, you could actually... The idea that they would be doing this psychological experiment on people in another station that doesn't preclude them from doing a psychological experiment on the people in the Pearl Station. Maybe having these people observe these other people doing things is another experiment that they're doing. And it doesn't, they didn't specify that pushing the button or entering the code or whatever was the thing that uh, uh, was part of the experiment. They're just saying, you just got to watch them. Like, they make sure to keep it uh, totally vague about what it is that they're supposed to be doing that's not actually important. Right. Because, I mean, the people in the Swan Station pushing the button, they're stuck in there, and they think that there's some sort of contamination outside they have to be quarantined from. So it's like, it, just watching them, you still get a, to study humans like in captivity mm-hmm. alone and that kind of thing. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether or not the button does anything for the purpose of the people in the Pearl Station. Yeah. We also get that orientation video with uh, with Mark Wickman, a.k.a. Marvin Candle, a.k.a. Yeah. Pierre Chan. Yeah. Like, um, where 
Yeah, he 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 kind of he kind of sets it up for them. Yeah, but uh, it, it it is kind of interesting to see the reaction of both men because they both watch the same video and come up with radically different um, takeaways from it. Like uh, like we mentioned already, Locke loses what faith he has in his button pushing, and and it only serves to instill more faith into Echo and like how important the button is to be pushed. Um, how did Echo arrive there? I'm still kind of piecing it together. On the island? Uh, well, arrive at the conclusion to, to keep pushing the button. I mean, yeah, he gets the information from his brother uh, to find this place. This place is telling them something, but uh, he decides to go back to the to the origin. Was I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. It's not clear, so you don't see anything in there that definitely like shows, oh, this is why Echo would agree or completely write off what he's saying in the video but i think it's his his as a man of faith and as a priest when he you know he got a he got a sign that drowned girl case because the monsignor thought he wouldn't believe it and it would be it would be a test for his faith this is the same kind of thing where it's um he's being shown this video as a test of his faith whereas he comes out of it stronger in his faith and Locke loses his faith right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, we even get some verbiage in the off-island story where the psychic husband confronts um, Echo and says, and like, why would your wife report this? And he's like, oh, because she's trying to spite me because I'm a psychic and she's a zealot. Like, he uses the word zealot, right. meaning that she's like some religious fanatic. Yeah, even even that, I was kind of I was kind of wondering, like... Um, well, yeah, I mean, how many people do you know that if their child drowned but then came back to life, their first thing would be like, oh, I need to go tell a priest so yeah. that this can go all the way up to the Pope yeah. and not maybe like call the news or something <laughs> yeah. that was so strange um yeah I, I do like that we yeah, I'm kind of bouncing around here but I do like that we get that tape too it's another it's another nod in the horror direction too because that tape is disturbing and it's like they're about to start this this uh yeah it's like the ring yeah so I'm pretty sure Echo dies seven days after he watches that video <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! I I like the tape, uh, not just for the horror elements of it, but the tape also does a lot to back up the idea that this is all a uh, hoax. Because the psychic guy tells Echo that uh, the doctor is just trying to cover up for his malpractice, and on the tape, the very first thing that he says is, "It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna uh, start an autopsy on this dead chick." Uh, who was brought in here by her hot-ass mom. And it's just like, wow, that doesn't seem very professional at all. Yeah. So when the psychic guy is just like, oh, yeah, that guy's a fucking shitty doctor, you're just like, yeah, yeah, he sounds like a shitty doctor. Yeah. Because yeah. that tape backed it up. Yeah, good catch. Shit, yeah, I remember that. And uh, moving forward, we, we get a lot of stuff in the hatch. Sorry, um, I just realized that we were talking about two different tapes. Oh, <laughs> no, I, was tape. I was talking about the audio tape. Yeah, I was talking about the orientation tape. Oh, okay. Well, that that, that makes sense. It, it might have it been seven days. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's done. Mm -hmm. And then Echo is done. But what about John? John got to live. He yeah. watched the tape, too. <laughs> well, then only one of you has to die. I don't know. <laughs> oh, if you watch the tape at the same time as someone else, and it's just like, oh, we don't know which one of us is yeah. gonna die. It's like the little girl comes for one. She's like, look, I'm on a schedule here. Right? Like they, there have been like full theaters of people watching by tape. I only can take one at a time. We do, we do get some stuff uh, moving away from like the Michael and Echo stuff. We do some, we do get a little bit of stuff in the hatch with 
like uh, was mentioned in the, in the summary about the 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 other losties dealing with loss and death of their of their compatriots or whatever. Um, I, and I again I felt this is very effective. Like uh, that that scene where at the end with with, with Hurley holding on to Libby's hand is great. And also another another horrible thing happened. She comes to for and with her last words being Michael, and they're like, "Oh, Michael's fine. He's okay." <laughs> when she's just like, "Oh," and then she kind of like fades into this death stare. And yeah. then, oh man, like that was some good death yeah. acting. Yeah, that's be like the worst feeling to die knowing your murderer is going to get away with it. Yeah, holy shit. Not only that he's going to get away with it, but that everyone is doing their best to care for right. him. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, the Hurley stuff that that was heartbreaking. Yeah, because uh, he he was uh, the thing that he kept saying was, "I'm sorry, I forgot the blankets." Oh yeah. shit! Because that's why she went b- back down into the hatch where she got killed. Yes. Mm-hmm. If he had remembered the blankets, she wouldn't have been in that position. Yeah. yeah. Also, listeners, we haven't mentioned it in this episode, but uh, next week's episode we already watched accidentally a month ago. <laughs> That's why Chad knows what happened. No, I'm a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> I did my homework. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, that 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 was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, it, like the show seems like it's like cooking on all, you know, on all burners when when they when they can do some stuff like that. Because um, we get we get this, and I guess what we can. We would consider like one of the first prestige dramas. Now it's just kind of like a thing where it's 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 kind of there already. But but yeah, this is this is nice to see, and I do like that we got that scene uh, with with Hurley. We also we get a lot of good silent acting out of Jack in that scene too, where he's just kind of in the background. We know that Jack is also a broken person and he can't deal with his own brokenness, mm-hmm. so he looks to fix other people and he can't fix Libby. So I think part of it is. His frustration, of course, you know, this is a this is someone that they knew, but also too, it plays into Jack's deal, where you know, he, he, this is this is one thing that you can't say, one person that you can't fix. So you just have to be there, you know, and you have to just experience that. So we see just the the facial acting, uh, and you get a lot of that in the show. Um, and again, I mentioned this in our previous episode, but like we have all these these heavy hitters and and. You know, Echo, Locke, Jack. Um, but man, I always feel like in this this iteration, Michael is one of the weakest players. Like, I don't know if it's just his acting is a little weak or or whatever. But like, yeah, we we don't get a lot out of Michael. But even his like glares and looks always <laughs> seem kind of like a little ham-fisted. Where it's just like you know the the widening of the eyes and and uh, the suspicious glances. Yeah, but I don't know. Did she? Did she say anything? <laughs> <laughs> Two modes for this actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yelling or, you know, just well, I don't, I don't agitated know if weirdness. It's the actor being bad at acting or it's the character Michael being a bad liar. Oh. See, if we look at it that way, then Michael, uh, then Harold Perrineau, the guy that plays Michael, yeah. is awesome <laughs> at that role. Um, yeah. I, yeah, we, yeah we, the character's a bad actor. Yeah. <laughs> the character <laughs> is bad at lying. <laughs> the actor is very good at acting like yeah. he's bad at acting yeah, yeah. which him. actually holds up because yeah. to to truly sound like really bad at stuff like you have to know what good is yeah, yeah that's true 
So we'll have to watch an episode where Michael where he's not trying to act. Yeah. <laughs> Suspicious or I don't feel like we've seen one of those yet. Yeah, in every iteration of Michael that we've gotten so far, it's always been him hiding or concealing something or marching to his own beat. But yeah, that character does play the fear and guilt thing a lot yeah. throughout the series. Um, but they don't really give him too much else, or at least the actor doesn't do too much with the material. I don't know. It seems that way anyway. Um, but interesting enough. Um, How do you like uh, the death scene? Because I know that as soon as we got done watching it, you were just like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I felt, I think I felt Kate's crying mm. a lot more. Um, I think this whole episode resonated with me because it was about religion. And that's something that's, um, I guess, like a tender spot for me. But it was interesting to see that this episode challenged everyone's belief system and, um, I guess, their hope for um i guess my question is what happens on the lost island after you die (laughs) that's what i got um i think you become invisible whispers (laughs) (laughs) part of the smoke monster or something yeah yeah or or maybe uh you go into the sideways reality that's true yeah like Um, you uh your image is taken by the smoke monster but you're actually living uh not your best life, but the <laughs> life that you need to live. Yeah. <laughs> Off in the sideways reality. Yeah, take mm-hmm. care of your unfinished business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like raising up a son you didn't have, or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're an illegitimate child you never got to know. That's why he spends a whole episode searching for him. That's, That's what he needed to do, was find his son. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, that that eye roll was not quite audible. (laughs) (laughs) I tried my best. (laughs) Like the listeners heard it, like, I think Chad just rolled his eyes. Um, What's your take on the the dream sequences that that played out in tonight's episode? I don't remember the dream sequences. Um, Which one was it? Or just the... The 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 first one was uh, that first scene with Echo... And then Anna Lucia shows up, and then his brother shows up. The second dream sequence was Locke's dream that uh, Locke was sleeping, and Echo was climbing up uh, the side of uh, the cliff and then fell down. Oh, Ah, speaking of which, some interesting imagery that pops up in that dream is uh, Locke having this dream as Echo climbing or scaling the side of this this, this, uh, thing. He gets to the top and sees Yemi in his wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and Yemi says something to him, right? Yeah. I think it says, wake up, John. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you guys make up anything with that chair or the wheelchair? Is it just, is this John scaling to the top of whatever he's supposed to scale to, only to find that his true self is one that's, that's it's still the same broken man that was when he first came to the island, the man that couldn't walk? Yeah, that's a lot well, deeper than either of those mm. are true, then Locke's, you know, inner ideation of himself is a black guy yeah. <laughs> i think we're coming to learn that that Locke really really like enjoyed uh, enjoyed that <laughs> like if he wasn't going to go on a walkabout he was actually going to try and join the uh, harlem globe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that's my uh, that's my black thing so you do when you're black right you join the whole mm-hmm. harlem globe trotters maybe uh lock is big uh 
Maybe he's a big Game of Thrones fan. He dreamt that he was able to warg. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> oh, you will. You will. <laughs> eventually. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And when I saw that, I just thought it was because it was a big twist at the end of that dream that it's Locke's dream. Mm-hmm. So putting him in the wheelchair, that's just one more visual cue. You thought it was you thought it was Echo's dream, but no, it's Locke's dream. Also, watching Echo climb up the uh, the roots with his axe and almost falling and all that stuff. Yeah, like, I I just watched that movie Free Solo, uh, like a week ago. So watching him climb like that, I was like, oh, that's easy. <laughs> it's not climbing a sheer rock face with just uh, your hands and no ropes or anything. Oh, is that that is it? Yeah, I've never seen it. Like that's that's that sounds scary as fuck. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Free climbing or whatever? Yeah. I see. The people die doing it all the time. I don't even like going up ladders. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had an axe in free solo. It's yeah. like, well, it's just me and my hands. I can think of why didn't Echo tie the axe to his back? While he was climbing? Yeah. Yeah, didn't, didn't he have like rope uh, on the axe? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't think it's easier to stab the the axe into a root and then just try to climb up by the hand. He wasn't even right. stabbing the tree with <laughs> yeah. the axe. He was like searching for crevices yeah. that he could hang the axe. Yeah, right. If yeah. he just used his fingers, it would be way easier yeah. and safer. That must have been like a problematic day of shooting, the, that scene. They're like, oh, we need you to get the axe in there and, you know, climb up a little bit. They probably had like a crane, cranium up on, I don't know, but that would been, <laughs> it seemed like that was like, that seemed like one of the, one of the more physical things that they would have it yeah. have to do in the show. And I made him do it twice, once for the dream <laughs> scene and then once for the awake scene. Yeah, holy shit. Maybe that's why they used the, uh, that uh, time-lapse thing, because uh, they had one camera focusing on him <laughs> climbing up, and the other guy was just, like, staring off into space filming. Because <laughs> he's just like, this is taking fucking forever. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's yeah it's it's it was i don't know i really enjoyed those dream sequences i'm glad that we got them in this episode we get a chance to to find out more about our boy echo and uh we know what his motivation is now now he has dedicated himself to pursuing this path that was set in front of him by who he assumes is his brother um this i i could see it being played out as a large machination of the of the man in black because now they have this other station and this other station has revealed this information to them of not to push the button. Um, also, too, in that, that original dream sequence that we get where it, it flashes from Anna Lucia to Yemi in, in the hatch, we, we get a little preview of the hatch hatch's magnetism going crazy. Mm-hmm. That, that pops up for a little bit. Um, so it feels like if we, if we think about the episode that we've already seen, there's like this wild realization in, in Echo's eyes in, in the future episode where, like, you know, where... Um, where he tosses his, we tosses like Charlie's belt against the the electromagnetism, and his, you know, his his chain, uh, his his uh, cross is starting to float and started to go crazy. But yeah, it kind of gives a little, that paints a little bit more um, thinking about it in that way, because you could just view it as like, oh yeah, crazy shit is happening. But this is crazy shit that that Echo has experienced in a dream. He's already got this foreknowledge, so it's even more of a of an oomph, you know, like uh, in in terms of what's happening in in reality and then also to his foreknowledge that probably sets him back to thinking about his brother yeah and it's good foreshadowing like you said to later on when yeah everything starts going crazy in the in the hatch yeah one of the really nice touches in that dream sequence 
where they're having uh, where he's inside the hatch and then the buttons need to be pushed and everything uh is that the clock is all question marks mm -hmm. and the keyboard is all question marks just to reinforce you got to go to the question mark nice yeah the question marks going to reveal things yeah also, do you think that's what the, the Riddler's keyboard looks like at home? It's just all question marks? <laughs> He's just sitting there going like, I know it's ASDF. It probably yeah. is because you never see the Riddler giving a typewritten that's note. True. He always does the ransom list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he got it made because he was like, oh, this is on brand for me, but can't use it. Mm -hmm. It's very impractical. Also, the Riddler, not as smart a guy as he... Played out to me because his riddles are not that hard. <laughs> he like got a hold of a of a child's yeah. book book and went like, "I will memorize these and uh, kill people." <laughs> <laughs> the two things I'm good at. I am the Riddler, and also my nice choice in hats. Yeah. Just be a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you gotta have to gimmick? Why do you have to have a gimmick with your murders? Keep your crafts at home. <laughs> He just goes, he was sitting around at home in the Riddler, and I'm like, how can I join the two things that I love? Murder and riddles. Paper mache. <laughs> we find out that the Riddler is a secret, like, paper mache enthusiast. He's like, I do everything, I do my best work. It helps me, it, it, it just unwinds his mind while he's thinking of more riddles and more murder yeah. plots. Like, oh. You think he comes with the riddles first, or the murder part first? <laughs> I think he has to do the riddles first yeah. because he wants to try and find some ironic way to kill you. They're like, remember that riddle I told you about Mother Goose? Today you're getting killed by getting eaten by a giant goose. Like, what? That's not even... Why would... What are you doing? <laughs> he gets frustrated making his riddles so he murders. Like, I'm not going to murder this guy. I wanted to say something about old Mother Hubbard. Now I'm going to chop this guy to pieces and put him in a cupboard. Yeah. But the cupboards are bare in there. I'm going to kill you too. <laughs> I'll kill everybody. I'll kill you all. All right. Well, just, okay. We'll, just, we'll, we'll settle this at Arkham. We'll get you to talk and then get you some help. <laughs> Speaking of uh, mysterious things, uh, one of the things that AJ mentioned earlier is that uh, this is uh, when the show's firing on all cylinders, throwing out all kinds of crazy mysteries. And there's a bunch of stuff that they mention in this episode that never comes up again. Mm. Uh, for example, the question mark itself is a patch of land that's salted so that uh, it's going to be like a giant uh, just dirt target that planes can see. Right. Why? <laughs> Why is that necessary? I think it's something about... Like what planes like, are supposed to land there? Maybe more like dropping cargo is what it seemed like he was talking about, but even then I don't know why they would be doing that. Oh, like, uh, that's uh, how... Uh, Namaste. The Dharma Initiative? Yeah, that's how the Dharma Initiative was supposed to get supplies. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they were just airdropping them right there. Yeah, except for the fact that they got all their supplies by boat. Yeah. Or submarine. Yeah. And the people in the Pearl Station were only there eight hours at a time before the next shift came in, so they would just, could just bring their own supplies. What are these experiments that the Dharma is running? Because, <laughs> like, we've already we've dived into this, but, like, the Dharma folk, like, they're pretty much just running all these weird-ass experiments yeah. on island. Um, and these are strange... Uh, these are strange psychological experiments that they're running on the Dharma folk that are supposed to be manning these stations. But on top of this, they're also doing like uh, tests into exotic matter and all kinds of magnetism. polar bear shit. Yeah, yeah, polar bear shit. They're weighing polar bear turds. 
doing something where they have to tattoo sharks. This like, is we need to come up with a unified theory of the Dharma Initiative. Well, we what, do. We how do. all of this relates to their main goal of whatever that was. Yeah, because up until now, Wait, what is their main goal? What is know. their main? Because it feels like if you watch all the shit they're doing, it's just like it's like something that 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 Bill Hader character from <laughs> SNL would just be to- tossing out like. Like, come to this lost island. It's got everything. <laughs> polar bears. Polar bear shit. Exotic matter. Uh, smoke, monsters. smoke monsters. Experiments going on, like, uh, experiments on other experiments. And it's just like, what the fuck? What, are, what is your unified goal? Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? Like, is it... Because th- there is a part in the orientation video where Marvin or, or Pierre Chang or whatever name he's going on at that time, Mark Workman, he's mentioning that, you know, we're... We see this video of people exercising and doing jumping jacks, and he says, you know, um, you know, we're trying to bring our, our human status to its to like its max point or its zenith. Where Full potential. I yeah, think. yeah, those are the words. So, is it is it also is the Dharma Initiative also trying to bring enlightenment to their people on top of these other experiments they do? Well, is Full potential enlightenment, or is it superpowers? Right. Oh yeah, it could have been that. Like, oh, like they could have been trying to engineer uh, Desmond the whole oh, time. Oh yeah. shit! And then maybe these experiments will help them weed out the ones that they're like, oh, he's not good for you know the dead, dead talking to powers. Right. So we'll give it to we'll my son. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll try the workman. Oh man. One of the other <laughs> things that gets mentioned in the video is. Uh, they have the names uh the, the groups and uh mm. elvar hanzo i think yeah. was the other name yeah. uh both names that i don't recall ever hearing again believe a hanzo uh, the captain hanzo was the captain of the black rock yeah the slave ship that richard alpert came on okay yeah that was an episode where i slept a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right so i think that was one of, it's one of his descendants is alvar hanzo we, we... Unless he, like uh, <laughs> uh, Richard... Uh, Richard Alpert. Alpert. Yeah. Uh, it was also immortal. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's, they even touch on it a little bit. Uh, there's, a, there's a scene in, I think maybe seasons five or six, uh, towards the end, where um, it's a Desmond episode. I think it was the one, I think it might have been The Constant, where, uh, where Desmond walks in on... Um, on Widmore at an auction, and they're auctioning off oh, a yeah. painting of the Black Rock, the ship, and then there is even some mention of Hanzo in there, I think, too. Um, yeah, because I think it was the ship's log, too. Right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's uh, what it was. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Alvar Hanzo? Yeah, Alvar Hanzo. Yeah, that, that still doesn't tell me about why he's involved in the right. Dharma Initiative, or, uh, like, what his plans are. It's just... Hey, you remember that thing that we dangled in front of right. you that some of you thought, hey, maybe this is going to be important. <laughs> yeah, here we are mentioning it again. Yeah. Still not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just to show you things are connected for <laughs> yeah. some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a thing. And you're like, this is a thing. Like, like I think a Lost Viewer is, uh, at the time of the, the original airing, they were trained to look for certain things. And then there's just certain, like, keywords that they would hear which is the black rock and hanzo and then that would just you know let them put whatever pieces on their lost bingo card for the night or whatever probably yeah. might have just been fan service probably probably you know which is which is also kind of interesting you get worked into the lost drinking game at some point <laughs> yeah like if you hear hanzo that's a shot of tequila like that's a <laughs> that's a that's a rare one yeah yeah because it's uh spanish right yeah 
That that that's where Alpert was, right? Yeah. Canary Islands. I mean, I Canary Islands, but I think it was the Spanish. Spanish colony. Yeah, I think. yeah. 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 So tequila would be a good one for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do like, you know what was interesting in this episode was I wasn't hating on the, the Jack Kate Sawyer dynamic, which yeah, I kind of get frustrated with. I know we've talked about it previously, mm-hmm. felt a little bit more organic in the way it, that they're yeah. interacting. Also, it didn't feel like the interactions were fueled by the, uh, by the romantic thing about it, which I loved. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, they were butting heads and everything, but it wasn't based on like, oh yeah, no, we both want to sleep with Kate. Mm-hmm. It was based on uh, Jack was just using Kate in order to find out stuff about Sawyer. Right. Yeah. And that was another one of those things that they bring up that doesn't really come back is that Jack wanted to know where Sawyer was keeping the guns. But then the next time we see the guns, Sawyer's just handing them out to everybody because mm-hmm. they're going to go after the others. So he didn't really need to find out where the guns were. I mean, he didn't know that at this point, but... Right. Well, maybe yeah. he thought that he would need to know. Yeah. And turns out later, like, meh, I guess didn't really need to know. Yeah. I love that we get that. Um, and the great thing about it, too, is we start to see seeds of, this, of the person that Sawyer becomes in, in the series. Where, like, you know, he could have just let Libby suffer for the remainder of her life. But, you know, he, he takes Kate along with him um, and makes a choice to bring back the heroine for, you know, for a dying Libby. Um Despite and, knowing that it's going to jeopardize the position of power that he has now, which is being the guy who knows where all the guns are. Yeah, right? yeah, and I find that that great because we um, we get that. Speaking of seeding, like uh, in, in the in the time flashes where they go back to the nineteen seventies, like we see Sawyer um, operating at his, you know, at, at living a good life. He's going under the assumed identity of the floor. And uh, he's he's kind of got a leadership role within the Dharma Initiative, so he's he's kind of living his best life. He's picking up flowers for his girl uh, Juliet Burke in that in, you know in, in that later season. But we we get a chance to see a little a little glimmer of that in in, in Sawyer tonight, where he makes a decision to to help Libby, a, a dying Libby, someone that's not going to be here. But um, you know he 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 brings it so he can give her some of the peace does she even get the heroin at the end does jack insert it into no he's getting ready to give her the shot and then hurley's just like can i talk to her mm. so oh, i thought he injected it did he inject her before hurley so. talked yeah okay i thought i thought that uh he's just like oh all right we'll just let her suffer for a little while <laughs> so you can talk to her <laughs> you don't need to be she doesn't need to be on a heroin binge um during that well, with uh, during that last moment with Hurley, um, which brings up a good question: Would you guys rather go peacefully? No, after- give me all the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I've watched Reservoir Dogs. I don't want to be gut shot. <laughs> oh my god, that is yeah, that is terrible. That back that backseat scene where he's just mm-hmm. like bleeding out, crazy. Yeah, it. It doesn't seem like it brings any peace to Libby. Of course, she's in a lot of pain, and she's she's right. in shock. Uh, is something that that Jack points out earlier in the episode. Um, that that's the other reason why I didn't think that that she got injected with the heroin mm. was because it seemed like that scene uh, towards the end uh, where she's trying to uh, tell everyone, "Oh, Michael's the one that shot me." Right. It seemed like she was still in a lot of pain, mm. and I've never taken heroin. Right. Uh, I want that on the record. <laughs> but I have had morphine. And whoo, buddy, <laughs> ain't no pain right. anymore. 
ain't no shame in the pain yeah. game when when morphine's on the menu. Because uh, I had uh, kidney stones in high school. Oh mm. shit! And then uh, kidney stones are unbelievably painful. Right. Uh, so they gave me some morphine, and I got high as shit. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, when my friends came to visit me in the hospital, I was just like lying there on the bed and I was like trying to like concentrate because I'm staring at like the heart monitor and everything. And I'm like clenching all my muscles and relaxing because I'm like, I'm trying to see whether or not I, I could make my heart skip a beat. Oh, shit. <laughs> Morphine's good stuff, man. You know, the, the puppy. Yeah. yeah. I think That's Libby... another reference you'll get later. Yeah. <laughs> Libby, at. at... In that scene, it was in more emotional pain than physical pain. When she, once she, they say, "Oh yeah, Michael's fine." Yeah, he yeah. made it. Yeah, after that, yeah. but uh, before she even says the word Michael, it seems mm. like she's struggling mm. real bad. I think she's struggling. To, I saw. I saw it as her struggling to get the word out, Michael, because her lungs are all filled with blood and shit. Yeah, Jesus Christ. she's like so high on that sweet, sweet heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk. So uh, good drugs. <laughs> She just says Michael and her were riding yeah. a unicorn up until that point. Like, man, that unicorn rat. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Something that's interesting in the episode when Jack brings up the heroin thing. Like, nobody's like, no, it can't be just using heroin to, on people. Like, nobody <laughs> has any problem with it at all. <laughs> yeah, that, um, and that doesn't come back. They don't ever, well, the heroin. Well, that's, that's because Charlie chucks all the heroin in the ocean. Hero Come on, Charlie, man. Like, the, all the heroin that's left is what came out of that one Virgin Mary yeah. statue. Oh Which I think is a lot of I don't know. I've never heard <laughs> yeah. or bought heroin, but that was like two big baggies. Right. Of heroin. Yeah, it was right. two fat baggies sitting in the Virgin Mary or whatever. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen exactly how much they cooked for Libby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that we know how much yeah. was left. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you think Jack did that thing where he, he OD'd, OD'd her? Like, give her a. Oh, shit. I. I thought that was the plan with the uh, heroin. Yeah. I thought it was just to like make the pain go away until she died. Oh, yeah, see, that's, that's what I thought too. Yeah. But you know, maybe maybe it was a uh, uh, some Convorkian shit going on. Yeah, uh, maybe. Like, um, yeah, that 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 was a that was a heavy scene though. Um, yeah, yeah, it it it, it was. Uh, I was watching. I was like, oh, okay, good. I can see why people love this show so much. <laughs> like, I think we're watching it the way we're watching it, and we're just getting we're getting a chance to see more of the seams. Um, because we know a lot of this stuff doesn't come back into play and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, like, uh, at this point, the, the show does the high drama well, and I think if you're in for it, it does the mystery box stuff really well. And then you, you know, but the only thing is you just, you don't ever get a payoff. So it's like, by the time the series is done, you just get so many, you have all these blue balls for all these mysteries that are left unattended to. Uh, but they, yeah, so like, I guess you know I see why people are so upset with the ending. <laughs> I keep we always mention and reference the upsetness of the public for the ending. But I know that there was like other media for Lost. Like there was a video game yeah. where you're playing a uh, plane survivor. Uh, uh, part of me wonders whether or not, uh, like, whether in any of the other media that they produced for Lost, if they were creating new mysteries for that, mm. or if uh, they were playing with uh, some of the extant mysteries. And uh, obviously, I, I don't think that they would have wanted to give away like the end game too early, because I believe that the video game came out around like season like four-ish or three, so. maybe? Maybe between right. two and three, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I wonder. I still think it would be a fun idea for us to play that. Yeah. 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 We should. We should totally do an episode just based on the game, you know, whatever we could find. I feel like uh, it's gonna take us a while to beat the game, though. Oh yeah. Probably. But I think a lot of those types of uh, like licensed games, they're not too long or too in depth, right? Yeah. It's probably only gonna take us like eight or nine hours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, we don't, we don't have to, like, look forward to, like, a 60-hour investment. Mm-hmm. Like, by the end, my character has been leveled up to 99, and he's got the axe of... He's got the staff of scripture. This is, like, the strongest <laughs> weapon in the game. Or whatever. The four-toed boot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do, like, a stream of that for our yeah. Patreon yeah, listeners. Oh, yeah. And so, please, subscribe to us on that, folks. Yeah. When we make one, we'll let you know. <laughs> oh, so we're completely giving up on the illusion that we have fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was one of my favorite running <laughs> jokes. We didn't get that Saudi money yet. Yeah. Uh, another inside joke in the pod. It's so. true. Well, we, we, we have one now. I just set it up. And, um, remember, at the uh, $200 million level, you will get a video of the three of us masturbating to completion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Onto a picture of your choice. Yes. <laughs> So it could be somebody you really don't like, or it could be somebody that you're, that you like, or somebody yeah. that you're meh about. Yeah. Or you. Or it could be you. <laughs> Pay $200 million for us to come on a picture that you could be your worst enemy. Whatever. <laughs> could be your dead dog. Oh my god. $200 million split uh, between us. That, that, would, that would do pretty good. <laughs> All we really need is one backer. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Saudi Sheik. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's uh, it's time to start wrapping up. We've got a few Easter eggs here. Oh, I guess St. Andrews was where they filmed all the stuff for the Catholic Church. Nice. Um, oh, Echo, he headbutts Locke and knocks him out, which is the second time we've seen him hit Locke in the face in, a, in like two episodes now. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Throughout the whole series, Luck takes a lot of punches. He right? takes yeah. lickings, man. Mm-hmm. He takes dirty lickings a lot throughout the show. Yeah. We've uh, we've affectionately called Luck on the show the Charlie Brown because he's always trying to get somewhere, and just right before he can get anywhere, somebody just pulls that puff yeah. from him, and he ends up right back at square one. We see that in tonight's episode, yeah. too, mm-hmm. where he's he's a man renewed with purpose to push this button. We're gonna be seeing more of this as we go backwards and. That's just got dashed by the orientation video. So we're just like, nah, it's an, like, it's all an experiment. He's like, oh, fuck, yeah. fuck, he, fuck this. He even says, like, pushing that button is as useless as his pathetic life. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, he was feeling real depressed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he was laid low by that video, that orientation video. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens. He crawled down into a hole and nothing good happens when you crawl down into holes. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question for you guys. You guys ever have to sit through like a work orientation video for for anything or any past? Yes. Like, yeah. I don't. I think I remember seeing some stuff, but I don't remember work orientation. Videos. It's always like forty years old. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always like it's got that VHS music playing <laughs> where like it it like it it kind of dips up and yeah. down yeah. like the old uh, VHS style. There was. Uh, uh, I know that I had to watch a work orientation video. For 7-Eleven, when I worked mm. there. I don't think that I had a work orientation video for Papa John's, because uh, when I worked there, Papa John's Hawaii had not 
really gotten corporate enough yeah. to have thought to put together uh, orientation video. Uh, the second time that I worked for them, they did have an orientation video, but I was just like, hey, I've done this before. <laughs> you don't have to make me do that. So they just had me fill out paperwork. What's in the orientation video? I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Presumably, how to make pizzas and wash your hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully like, in the reverse order of that. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Let's see. Yeah. Maybe what to do in case someone tries to hold up the pizza place. I don't know. <laughs> you just you just like give because I more believe pizza. that that was actually part of uh, uh, dealing with the uh, shrinkage and robberies was actually part of the Seven Eleven video. I think. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, dealing with shrinkage. Uh, uh, shrinkage is the corporate term for shoplifting. Yeah. Uh, you're just supposed to like make sure to talk to the customer so that uh, they know that they're being watched. Oh, shit. Like, you're not supposed to be like, ah, you fucking thief. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's not on uh, employees to Wait, deal so with Wait, so what that. would you say to them? Like, did you catch... Hi. Oh. <laughs> do you need some help? <laughs> Can I help you find something? <laughs> you're doing that while you're just eyeing them up and down. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you get robbed, give them all the money. And... Don't try and resist in any fucking way. <laughs> oh shit! That's I remember. Which working, is very good advice, I think. Yeah. yeah. I remember working at a bank once, and um, I think we might have had an orientation video. Like, if you got robbed or if you got stuck up, you're only you're only allowed to pay out of the drawer. Mm-hmm. And there's like a device next to you. It's called the tile, the teller machine, whatever. And this mm. unit has a bunch of shit in it, like um, money and all that. So. Like, uh, they said, like, oh, yeah, so you can only pay out of the drawer. And I remember once, um, I think, uh, not the branch I was at, but some other bank branch got robbed, and the person um, paid them out of the drawer and also out of the machine, and then, like, they got fired. And, you know, so, so, <laughs> like, I don't know what... I don't know what, what are they the, supposed to do? Yeah, like, why? Like, only well, the machine, Jeremy! <laughs> you know what, Jeremy? Guard the machine with your goddamn life! <laughs> Don't tell them about the machine. What if they know about the machine already? <laughs> Pretend there's no machine, but they're pointing at it. Yeah, with watching. one hand, they're pointing at the machine, and with the other hand, they're pointing a gun at me. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Jeremy. The position is no longer available. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. I just, I just got my life threatened, and now I'm losing my job. They should have at least given them the option to have them dock his pay for whatever they took out of the machine. Oh my god! Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like, and like tellers. They don't make a whole lot yeah. of money. You know? That's like a, that's like, <laughs> like he took that, your month's worth of money. That's the bottom of the barrel yeah. working for the bank, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I I think literally every other job at the bank, you make more money than being a teller. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember what I was making at that time. This is like back in the early aughts. You know, something like maybe like nine, ten bucks a month. Uh, a month, an hour. <laughs> like, that's that's a really bad bank. <laughs> <laughs> the bank is like, here's your check. Don't spend it all in one place. Oh, yeah. I know when I was working for Bank of Wise Mortgage Department, uh, I was working through a temp service, and I was still getting 15 an hour. Oh. Yeah, and that means that they would have actually been paying me if they hired me straight on, rather than being through a uh, temp service. Mm. I probably would have been making like 20. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, don't they take a percentage or something like that? Yeah. yeah uh, take a bit yeah, off the top. Because the, the way that the uh, uh, the temp agencies work is uh, 
whatever company gives them the money and they take some of it and then they give you some of it. Uh, like when I was uh, working for a AT&T subcontractor doing customer care, uh, my boss actually knew how much AT&T was paying the subcontractor. The subcontractor was getting paid $16 an hour to hire people. Mm. Like each employee that they hired, uh, they're just like, here's the equivalent of $16 an hour for them to work. Mm. And they paid us 8 Wow. Wow. I think they started temp agents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? It seems like all the money is in that labor. Yeah, all you, all, you, all you have to do as the agency is find people <laughs> that uh, yeah. uh, that need employees. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Also, uh, there were employees at the, the airport in this episode who were giving Echo his ticket to gate 23. Uh-oh. And speaking of the airport, uh, it was the same airport that they are in every episode. Yeah. And that airport is the lobby of the convention center. Yes. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Also, the uh, when he's talking to the, the, the dead Australian girl, she mentions she saw Yemi when she was between places, which is uh, the, the foreshadowing for the sideways reality. Oh. So they knew about that at the end of the, sec- the second season, I'm sure. Nice. So what have you guys been getting lost in? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, well, one thing that I can mention is uh, this past weekend, Wendika and I got a chance to see the, the new Us movie by Jordan Peele. Um, I, it, I wasn't in love with it, but I did like it uh, for, for what it was and kind of for what it wasn't. Oh, I hated it. It's <laughs> awful. I think I said this before. It was like watching a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> like Tyler Perry trying to do horror. It's like, oh, come on. Don't they actually have a Tyler Perry horror movie? Yeah, do they? Like, yeah. Like Medea's Halloween Boo or Halloween. Yeah. Like, they did two. Like that. There's like a Boo too. There's like two of them. <laughs> like there's two in the pantheon of like fucking Medea movies. There's two Halloween films <laughs> where they try to be scary and throw in some humor. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the movie because uh, it, to me, the story seemed like it had a lot of, a lot of predictable angles that it was angling for, and it doesn't change it up. Um, but there's also like a, there's a deeper story to it too, and um, yeah, no spoilers here. But there's a, there's a lot on screen, and there's a lot to, to kind of look at. Um, yeah, essentially, we're looking at like a home invasion movie, but there's a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, like, uh, uh, no spoilers, but, like, uh, here's something to watch for. One of the main character, Lupita Nyong'o, she, like, she only, throughout the film, she only eats red foods. Like, oh. whatever food that she's putting in her mouth is always red, and the rest of the family is eating something else. It's not a spoiler for anything, but, um, but something, something worth keeping in mind if you see the <laughs> film. Lupita's just eating yeah. just straight up red foods. So when I'm watching the movie, every time I see something red, I'm going to assume that she's going to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a giant, like, uh, uh, what you call it, one of those lifesavers from a boat. Like, yeah. She's just like, that looks good. Uh, I also watched a movie this weekend. The movie that I watched was a preview for Shazam, uh, the DC Captain Marvel movie. Uh, because... <laughs> Marvel had a Captain Marvel movie kind of recently too, which was also very good. But Shazam was fucking great. 
Uh, I know that I've been swearing more than normal in this episode. Uh, most of the time, I constrain my swearing to this fucking shit. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it it truly deserves it. It was a it was a great movie, very funny, lots of fun, way more heart than I expected uh, from a movie like mm. this. Uh, absolutely nailed the third act. It was kind of shaky in the middle. Uh, the beginning setup, everything's good. Uh, I thought. All the acting was very strong, uh, the effects were great, and it was just high, high recommendation. Go and watch it when it comes out next weekend. Nice. Scale of 1 to 10? Uh, scale of 1 to 10, I would put it at uh, 8.5 to 9. Nice. Uh, I, I need to watch it again to make sure and also compare it to other movies that I think are like 8.5s and 9s. Nice. But I would actually say that this is better than Marvel's Captain Marvel movie. Wow. Although, uh, I am a dude. Yeah. Uh, I grew up as a dude, so uh, I don't have the uh, I don't have the experience, the lived experience of being a woman. So there are probably parts of Captain Marvel that flew straight over my head. Uh, um, I've been getting lost in Lost Ladness, our version <laughs> of March Madness, that isn't taking over my life because I have to do it every day. And um, today, uh, well, yeah, so what with Lost Ladness is, in case you don't know. Is that it's March Madness brackets, but with the uh, Lost Lads to find out who the hunkiest lad on Lost is. And today's today's matchup is Leslie Arst versus Saeed, which I think is probably going to be a slam dunk for Saeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so go ahead and vote in our brackets, folks. If you didn't get the chance, we're available on all the platforms, so you can come and find us there. Every uh, every matchup is up for twenty four hours. Yes. Sweet. Starting at midnight on East Coast time, generally. Nice. Yeah, so uh, follow us on Twitter at WhatBroPod uh, so you can find out all of those matchups. Or if uh, you're already following us and you just want to see those matchups, hashtag Lost Ladness. Yep. Bam, right there. And Liko, what have you been getting lost in? Or something that you've been consumed with lately? Mark Weens. (laughs) He's on YouTube. He's a food traveler. Nice. (laughs) Like travels and eats food all over the world. Yeah, I've been feeling depressed lately, and I tend to watch a lot of food when I'm <laughs> depressed. So yeah, Mark Weens. Nice. Mm-hmm. Weens, spelled like a uh, wiener. W i e n s. I oh, think. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a. It's an interesting. I, I like. I've seen you watch that guy. Like this guy will go like all over and eat all kinds of um, awesome stuff. So like he's just just a world traveler and eater of stuff and yeah he exaggerates everything <laughs> i like it yeah oh you got to see this guy's reaction to any food he puts in his mouth yeah. his eyes roll back and then like stare straight into the camera with the big old he, like shivers a little bit like... <laughs> everything is the orgasm scene from yeah, Aaron and Sally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right mark weens mark yeah. weens cool all right everybody thank you so much for listening and Lika, thank you for coming back. It's good to see you Thanks for in the studio. Me. It's nice to see you guys too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost. Yeah.